morning. We're so glad you guys are here with us. Uh, I'm never up here at the beginning, and it's real awkward, but we're just kind of standing here, and you're just sitting there. So uh, glad to be back with you guys after a couple-week break, and we have something special planned uh, for today. And so uh, it's, it's this weird thing that we do where every week we come together, and we tell people to stand and sing. And it's kind of this awkward thing because nowhere else would you do that and people wouldn't think you're crazy, right? And so uh, we're going to talk about worship today. You're going to hear some different perspectives on worship. We're going to worship together. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to experience it and we're going to do it together. Uh, And so we're super excited about today. And so we hope that you get a lot out of this and are able to worship um, and experience worship as freely as possible. And so I'm going to go ahead and have you guys stand up together. It's not awkward or weird, I promise. All right, and we'll go ahead and greet somebody around you, and the band's going to lead us in worship. So we're talking about worship, and we're all part of the worship band here at Journey, so we're just talking about how important it is to all of us and what it means. Like, what is worship? What is worship to you? To me. Yeah. Worship is my offering to God. It is what I work on. I've worked on it my whole life. It is what I give to God. And something I practice throughout the week, something I prepare for, it's more than just singing and performing. Yeah. It's more than just getting up on a Sunday morning and being like, hey, I got my music ready for Sunday morning. It's sometimes it's just about it's just about finding the words yep. that you can't say throughout your prayers and what we need to say to give thanks. And it's so important. To the church, yep, and what we do each Sunday morning. What do you think, Tony? I am nothing like everybody else. I don't think. I think it's uh, worship for me is not like right. That do go along with it. Not always on a Sunday morning, but you know, first I was wondering, is it going to be about the music side of worship? I mean, because you could take worship and just say, you know, there's worship in a music service, or there's you know, worship in this way, like your prayer time or whatever it is that. That you do, but at the end of the day, I think for me, it's it's about time with God. Um, Chad spoke about relax today. I thought that was so cool to to Jesus. You know, the answer that I think it was Dallas Gordon just described Jesus just to relax, just to chill, just to just be present is the word that I've been using a lot lately. And in worship, you know. That's what I'm looking for, something tangible, something I can hold on to, something that I can, you know, if I need to, you know, I'm talking, Chad's words are in my mind, which is really cool about, you know, if somebody else from the outside looking in, what is it that you have that I don't, and, you know, just really, I've always wanted to be that guy that was comfortable uh, with himself walking in a room, you know what I'm saying? You just know who you are, you know what you're about. But when you get to sit down and, and just, think about worship and just be present and all the stuff that gets in the way that makes you not feel like a good person or makes it whatever, you know, you can just kind of let it go, relax, you know, be still, know that I am God. You know, that was those, that still small voice, those scriptures that we've read that talk about God being this something that's not, you know, I mean, yeah, we think about the lightning bolt in the sky, but I think of like Jesus, you know, and, I want to spend time with that guy. I want to worship that dude, you know. And is there a particular song that like sticks out to you that you're like, this is this is my worship song. This is the song that speaks when I can't find my words. It speaks when I need to have something 
coming from my heart that I can't quite find what I'm trying to say. I've been listening to Abraham yeah. a lot lately, actually. It's just because in the song, it's the weight I carry is not my own. And like, I don't know what everyone's going through with their lives, but sometimes I feel like I, God has called me to do something giant. And listening to that song, it kind of soothes my soul a little bit. So what do you hope for as far as like other people? Because we're, we're up there on the platform and we're singing, but to us, we're just, we're worshiping like everyone else, even though we're leading. But what do you, what do you hope for, for people out there? Like, what do you, what do you want them to get out of? I want people to just be able to worship like no distractions, nothing on their mind, I know some people start thinking about what they're having for lunch after church. Um, but I just, and, that, and that's why we work so hard on our music. We spend all week listening to the song, trying to get the rhythm. Um, and when we get to do rehearsals, we work on that. And we, we do it not just because it's, it's not a show. It's, we do it so the congregation can just step back and have that moment with God without any distractions. Some of my favorite moments when I'm singing on stage is when I get to step back during a song and I can just listen to everyone singing. Yeah, right, like that right. is, That's the most powerful thing about worship is getting to see everyone just worship unhindered and focused. Like, I love it. Yeah, I think all of us as even vocalists and from instrumentals that we just... We want to take a moment for all of us to come together and sing this like as a whole yep. because it's not about the solos that we do each Sunday no. or whatever we do. It's, it's really about how can we find a common ground? Like what can we find in these lyrics that give worship to a God that's given us all and, and given us everything that we could possibly want? And when we can't, we can't find what we want to say. Like that's what the lyrics are for. Sometimes they're prayers. Sometimes they're just a Thanksgiving, but I agree. It's just about pausing for a moment for us on the platform. And we're not about us like hearing our voices as a band. Like to us, it brings such emotion when we step back and we actually hear people singing back to us. And we're like, this is what we want. Like this is, this is everything that. It's an energy. This energy yeah. of everything <laughs> yeah. that God has called us to be because Worship has come from not only the Old Testament, but it's come from the New Testament. So it's been throughout the entire stories of the Bible, of, of what we've read. And we want to give that back when we can't find what we're trying to say. So yep. I agree with Natalie. Like my favorite, my favorite worship song is Gratitude because, uh, yeah. Because that's a good one. <laughs> it is. It's Brandon <laughs> And it talks about like all my words fall short and mm. I, I, I've got nothing new mm. to offer you other than my gratitude of singing. And that's not just about finding the right vocals and finding the right instruments. It's about what have I, what have I got for you other than my empty hands mm. and my heart open to you, even in these moments when I'm restless and even in these moments where I just can't find what I say. Mm. And uh, God has given us, given us these wonderful, um, wonderful bands throughout, you know, just, throughout this time right now that we've, we've found a time that we can be like, wow, that's, that's what I was saying in my heart. And that's why we do it. We, we lead each Sunday because, or whatever Sunday we get up there, because 
it's about giving back in that moment when we've got so much busyness going on. So, <laughs> you know, it's Thursday night and we're recording this and we're like, we're, we've just, we've just come from a very busy day, like with kids and Tony just came from work and Adelie just came from work and we're like, what a busy day. And then these moments we find each other as friends and we're like, this is, this is a time of worship that we get together. And, and I don't think Natalie and Tony and I would ever have come together other than this time of worship. And it's, it's amazing what's brought right, us together true. as friends. Like that's, right, yeah. that's yep. what God has called us to do is through our, our ministries is that that's why you should volunteer. That's why you should be involved in things because you'll never know who like comes into your lives. And I love both these people so much that yep. it's, yeah. it's awesome. Well, Chad used a, a verse and I saw that talked about how like God singing over his people, you know, and I thought that was cool. So since he stole that one, the other verse that I had that, it, it comes off in the in the new James, uh, King James version better of all your versions. It's Psalm twenty two three. It says that God inhabits the praises of His people, and I've always held on to that a little bit, hoping that you know I I used to there were years ago my one of my favorites I, my favorite songs are always different. You know, it depends on what I'm going through, whatever time, and it doesn't always have to be a a Christian song, so to speak. I can be moved by you know a landslide, you know, or something like that, right? But it's a good that. one. Yeah. I did. And, uh, show me your glory with, I think oh, it was yeah. third day, right? You yeah. know, send down your presence. I want to see your face. You know, I'm always, you know, I just, uh, I believe that, that, um, you know, God is real. You know, God is, is, is here among us and, and, you know, of all people like, um, flee from uh, the red hot chili peppers, you know, felt like that, 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 uh, music is a, uh, pathway a gateway sometimes to being in you know with god a little bit you know I've, i believe it i do you don't always get to experience it you know you you try to plan for it i don't know if you can but i think the when we can just be comfortable with ourselves in those moments not nervous and you know you're confident in what you're able to do and 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 you have the right focus and it's not easy to do. It's not like you walk in every Sunday and you can just stand up there and, and, and like you didn't have the argument in the car like Jeremy talks about on the way in. You know, that happens to everybody, right? But at the end of the day, just, you know, breathe. Just breathe and relax and think about God and see what he does. Mm-hmm. We are a small part of a worship band here at Journey, but our hope always is that we lead the church as a whole. And um, we pause to give thanks in moments when we can't quite uh, describe what we're feeling or in, in moments where we need, we need to give thanks even when we don't feel like giving thanks. Right. And that's what we always hope for the congregation here at Journey is that they feel that too. And we want what's best for, for our church, and we want them to, to sing with us always. It's not always about a performance. We want them to be a part of our, our, our band yep. as well. We want to hear your voices. Yeah, worship. Worship is not just us. It's it's the it's best part of everybody. worship. Yep. Sing loud. It's everybody. So sing out. Clap your hands, all you people. Remember that <laughs> shout for joy. Yeah. Worship however you worship. Worship, worship however, however you, worship. you worship. All right. Well, could we just do something real quick? And I should have done this on Thursday, and I didn't. Could we just give it up for the band and just. Uh, yeah, they uh, they lead us every week. Yeah, 
not just this band, all the bands that we have, there's several of you guys that are in the band set in the audience, and they get here at 7.30, 8 o'clock every Sunday. That's before I even get here, all right? And uh, they come, and they practice, and they rehearse, and they're just amazing, and so we are so grateful for them. So uh, I want to do something. I want to take you back in time about 3,000 years. And this is about 1,000 B.C., and if you were in the city on this particular day about 3,000 years ago, you would have observed a man on a balcony pacing back and forth. And this guy, as he kind of anxiously looks over this balcony into the city, and he looks towards the city gates, and he's sitting there and he's wrestling with these emotions. And he's got to be thinking in his mind all this work and all this effort and all this energy and even all of the mistakes that have been made to lead to this point. And he's pacing. And then all of a sudden, he stops. And he sees it. And when he sees what he sees just outside the city gates, the emotions of the moment take over. And he sees this group of men, these group of Levites, as they're carrying in this box. And all of a sudden, all of the promises that he's made to his people and to God are fulfilled. He even says in Psalm 132, as he's writing later about this moment, this guy, he says, I will not enter my house or go into my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one, Jacob. And in that moment, 3,000 years ago, what David is observing is the Ark of the Covenant is being brought back into the city of Jerusalem. Now, that may not mean a lot to you when you hear those words, or all you think of the Ark of the Covenant is Indiana Jones and that crazy scene where they open it up and everybody melts away. But, but what the Ark of the Covenant represented for these people was the presence of God. And for David, it's this moment where the presence of God is back with the people. And in this moment of feeling that the presence of God is back not only for the city and for the people, but the presence of God is back for him, his emotions take over. In fact, in 2 Samuel, it says this, And David danced before the Lord with all of his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod, which if you don't know is underwear. He's just wearing his underwear, so it's like that weird moment, right? So David and all of the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the horn. And, and so what we see in this moment is David, who's the king, but he's also the high priest. And so he takes off his priestly robes, he takes off his kingly robes, and all of a sudden he's just a man. And he's excited because of the presence of God he's feeling again. And his response to feeling the presence of God in this moment is to worship. And so we see that he dances and he sings and he plays music. And what's interesting in this moment is there's a certain group of people that are watching all of this. And they're looking at David and, and they're saying, what a fool. He looks ridiculous. And in fact, one of the people that thinks this is his wife, right? Guys, we've all embarrassed our wives before, right? And so she looks at him and she says, what a fool you are. And David's sharp response when it comes to this moment, he doesn't care what anybody else says. And in one of the most famous verses in this context, he says this, I will become even more undignified than this. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care what anybody else feels. 
in this moment, he feels the presence of God, and so he worships. And maybe for some of you, that's what you're wanting to feel. Or maybe that's what you're hoping to feel when you come here every week. And what's going to happen from this moment on is worship and the way we understand it is going to change. And, and so there's this book like right in the middle of the Bible, if you have your Bible, and it wasn't originally there, but when we put it together, it kind of landed in the middle. It's called the book of Psalms. Now the word Psalms actually translates just sacred songs or poems. And so what most scholars believe is that this is a collection of songs that they would sing, that people would lead them in, just like we get led every single work week with worship. And so on their way to the temple or when they're in the temple or, or maybe just at home, doing their chores around their house, they would sing and kind of recite these songs. And, and there's some famous ones. And I want to start with Psalm 47. And if you look at it in your Bible, in Psalm 47, it'll have a note on it. It'll say, this one is written by the, song, the sons of Korah. So not all of these were written by David. It was written by many men. And we don't know who the sons of Korah are. My guess is they were like the original Backstreet Boys. And so uh, they're going to lead us in this song. And here's what they say in Psalm 147. Or 47 says, come everyone... Clap your hands, shout to God with joyful praise. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is the great King of all the earth. Now, you got to understand when we talk about worship, there's different ideas we think about when it comes to worship. But one of the very first things that we see is this idea of like clapping your hands and making a joyful praise. And, and so apparently God likes it when we get a little bit excited about this. And then you only clap your hands for what? Exciting things, when you're celebrating things. And, and, and so, you know, it's this idea that when we come together, we're supposed to be joyful about this and we're supposed to be excited about this. And, and, and maybe if you got the rhythm, and some of you don't, but some of us do, you lead the charge, okay? We start with a little bit of rhythm, all right? And, and we start to clap. And then it says to shout your praise. And, and, and so God um, wants us to be excited about this. Now, I don't know about you, but growing up in church, um, there was this weird thing. Um, and it's interesting when we think about church and our experiences in churches, that terminology often determines theology. So what that statement means is that the terminology that's used around us determines what we think and we feel about things. And, and so growing up in church, what, what I was often told um, was that we had to be quiet, right? You ever, you ever been a kid at church? Uh, we just to be quiet all the time. So consequently, church was like one of my least favorite places to go because all we had to do was sit there and be quiet. You ever been to a graduation? They're the worst, right? Because you just sit there for three or four hours and they tell you now you can't even clap for your student. Hold your applause till the end. And so you sit there for three or four hours and you just have to be quiet. And nobody likes it. And I was taught that you had to be quiet. I grew up believing that God liked it when we were really quiet. And we had to be real quiet. And we had to walk real quietly. And we had to walk real slowly down the hallway. Because if we got a little bit fast, like people wouldn't like that. God won't like that. God hates loud noises and running. That's what God hates. <laughs> and then you read verses like this. And see, here's the, the problem, is that for some of us, if we think that God hates loud noises and movement, like, that sounds terrible. And for some of us, we believe that that's what church is supposed to be about. I was reading this author recently, and he was telling the story that uh, he was at this church service, and he was there to be a guest speaker, and, and he's sitting there, and about on the second or third row, uh, there's this four-year-old that's kind of being rambunctious and kind of being noisy and loud, and um, they didn't have like a cry room, so, you know, and, and listen, I'm, I'm fine with your kids being in here, all right, so let me just go ahead and make this, your kids can be in here, we do have a cry room, 
and a great kids ministry, all right? And, and so, uh, so this kid's in there, and they're kind of making some noise, and they're jumping and smiling and all this stuff. And, and, and the, the, the speaker, he says that, you know, he noticed the parents were kind of like getting on the kid and, and all that stuff, because it's disruptive. We understand that. And, and then eventually, you know, they take the kid out. And afterwards, uh, one of the guys from the church comes up and apologizes to him, and he says, I'm so sorry that I had to be so disruptive, and I'm so sorry it won't happen again. And the author says, he says, no, I was excited about that four-year-old because it was the only life I saw in the room. So the psalmists go on to say things like this, Psalm 149, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song, sing his praises at assembly of the faithful, O Israel, rejoice in your maker, O people of Israel, exalt your king, praise his name with dancing accompanied by harp, tambourine and harp, for the Lord delights in his people, he crowns the humble with victory. So there's this great line, it says, sing to the Lord a new song. So I grew up in a church, and uh, in my church, we use hymns. You remember hymns and hymnals and all this thing? And I grew up thinking that, like, the only music God liked had to be written before the 1800s, right? Like, it was just like, we got to the 1800s, and God's like, that's enough, right? And, and, and like, so we sing those, and there's nothing against hymns. My, my favorite song of all time when it comes to worship is How Great Thou Art. Like, I don't care what anybody else writes. It's never going to compete with that one. But I also love the new stuff, right? And, and, and I remember this moment when I was in sixth grade when they brought drums on the stage for the first time, right? If you heard us talk about the podcast, I mean, you would have thought we had just joined a cult, right? I mean, people were losing their minds, but apparently God likes the old stuff, but God also likes the new stuff. And when we think about the old stuff, and I'm not trying to knock any of the old stuff or pipe up the new stuff, but, but see, even how great thou art in songs like Amazing Grace that was written by the inspiration of William Wilberforce and his fight against slavery in England and all this stuff, but what's amazing about those songs is that something was happening in that person's life, and then they wrote those songs, and then we sing those songs, and so something was happening in their life then, and for some of us now, things are happening now, and so people write those songs, and apparently God likes it all. And then it said, and praise the Lord with, with dancing. Now, I grew up in a church um, where I thought dancing was from the devil, right? Like, that it only leads to evil stuff, and, and, and we don't dance, and we don't move. And, and here's the thing. Uh, let's be honest. Have you ever been standing in a church service, maybe even here, and the song comes on, and the band is filling it that day, and you're filling it, and you just want to move, and all of us, this is like the church move where, like, we sway a little bit. Like, that, I mean, that's really, like, if you're doing this, you're really getting after it, right? <laughs> all right? But there are times you just need to move. And so God apparently likes it when we clap our hands, when we sway a little bit or do whatever you need to do. Psalm 134 says this, and this is believed to be a song that they would sing on their way into the temple. And it says this, Oh, praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. You who serve at night in the house of the Lord, prepare for the people the next day. Lift up your hands in holy prayer and praise the Lord. And I don't have an agenda here. Okay, so, so before I say what I'm going to say, understand this. I am the least likely person probably in this room to be in a worship service and raise my hands. Like, I, I, I'm probably not going to do it. But you can't get out of the context, and this is not the only verse, that apparently God likes it when we do that. And the question I was thinking of is, well, why does God want us to raise our hands? And, and, and maybe there's some symbolism there. Maybe the idea is that oftentimes when we think about somebody raising their hands, it's a sign of surrender. It's a sign that you're, you're giving up yourself. 
Or maybe if you have like kids, it's this analogy of like when you have little kids and they want something, what do they do? They raise their hands because they want you to pick them up and take them to wherever they need to go or whatever they need. And so just like a child to his parent, maybe God's happened into that a little bit. Or maybe it's that excitement level of raising your hands. A few, few weeks ago, um, I was at a Tyler Childers concert at Railbird, and, and he played all the old stuff, which I love, but I was just waiting for a couple of songs to come on. And, and I'm sitting there in a crowd of, I don't know, like 40 or 50,000 people, however many people were there. And all of a sudden, he sets down, the band leaves, he sets on a, a, a chair, and all of a sudden, he starts playing Nose of the Grindstone, and then he follows it up by Follow You to Virgie's. And I'm telling you, like, people just went crazy because it's like that moment, like, this is what we want. And people have their hands in the air, and they're clapping, and they're singing, and they're dancing because they're excited that this is happening. And so maybe there's a little bit of that. Or let me paint a picture for you. And some of you, you'll appreciate this picture, and some of you, you won't like it. But it's okay. Just go with it. And, and so imagine that it's the final four. And it's Duke and Kentucky. And I would say Louisville, but come on, let's be realistic. And so <laughs> they'll be good in like four years or something. I get it. All right. So here's the thing. It's Duke and Kentucky. And they're at the final four. And it's, it's a tie ball game with about 10 seconds left. And Antonio Reeves dribbles the ball down the court, passes it off, gets it back, three-point line, shoots it, game's over, they win the game. And you got about 40,000 people there. Do you think those 40,000 people are going to be like, oh, yes, what a great shot, and then just walk away? No, people are going to be losing their minds. They're going to be clapping and their hands in the air and screaming and shouting. And I think that when we paint a picture like that, I think what God's saying is, I'd like a little bit of that. I'd like a little bit more of that excitement. Psalm 150, it says this, Praise the Lord, praise God at his sanctuary. Praise him with mighty, in the mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works, his unequaled greatness. Praise him with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so it says, praise him for his mighty works. So see, the reason we do worship is it's a response to something. And so what are these mighty works? Well, maybe for you, this mighty work is, do you remember that point in your life when it felt like it was falling apart? And now it's not. Or remember when you felt like you had no hope and now you do? Remember when you didn't think you were going to make it and you did? Remember maybe it's that moment where that still small voice for the first time reminded you that you're loved do you have value? Do you have worth? Or, or maybe it's that moment like David where for the first time you felt the presence of God coming back in. And so he says when you feel that, he, he says you should praise God with the, the ram's horn. I don't know how you play a ram's horn. I don't know what that one is. But, but then he goes on to say the lyre and the harp, which are like these string instruments. And I don't know a lot about a harp. We don't see them very often anymore. But here's what I know. You don't jam on a harp, right? Like harps are like kind of like soft and sweet. And it's like this reflective moment where we're doing these soft things. And then he says praise him with tambourines. And, and here's the thing. If a band's got a tambourine in it, the person playing the tambourine is the craziest person on stage. I can go ahead and tell you that, right? But they can rock out a tambourine, can't they? All right? And, and so tambourines are like this thing. And then it says, plays them with cymbals. I've told this story before. When I was in third grade, 
In third grade, you had to learn to play the recorder here in Bullock County Public Schools, right? And the song that we all learned to play at Bullock County Public Schools on our third grade recorders was Hot Cross Buns. One a penny, two a penny, Hot Cross Buns. Well, the, the point of this class was we learned how to play this song, and at the end, we would perform it for our teacher. There was this kid in our class named Danny. He could not get the song. He could not play the recorder. He, he couldn't do it. And so my teacher had this brilliant idea that at the end of the song, we would just give Danny some cymbals, and Danny would just crash the cymbals. Hot Cross Buns, Hot Cross Buns, one a penny, two a penny, Hot Cross Buns, Man, Danny went nuts with the cymbals. I mean, it was just like bang, 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 right? And, and so you play cymbals loud, and he says play it with strings, and I don't know what strings were for them, but I'm imagining that God's in his foreshadowing is seeing a moment where there's a guy named Jimi Hendrix, right? And Jimi Hendrix is jamming on the guitar, and then we try to replicate that at church with, you know, but whatever it is, he likes it all. He likes the harp. He likes the reflection. He, he likes the strings. He likes the cymbals. He just likes it. And there's the roadblock for some of us. You see, what happens is for some of us, see, when I was talking about hymns, you like that. You like the acapella and the soft and the sweet and these things where it's just our voices. And then for some of you, you like it when it's more like a rock concert and you like it when it's loud and you can feel the bass in, in your body. And, and, and what happens is we go to church services or we go to different churches and, and here's what happens. We go, well, that wasn't my style. It was too loud, it was too quiet, it was too soft. Or, or maybe for some of you, you've left Journey before and you're like, well, they didn't do the songs that I like that week. And it wasn't the songs that I like, or it wasn't the person leading that I like, or it wasn't this, or it wasn't that. And can I clue you in on something that will save you a lot of trouble and heartache when it comes to worship? It's not about you. and never has been, and never will be. It's about him. And apparently, based on some of these verses, he likes it all. See, when you can save people from sin, when you can conquer death, when you can put lives back together, then we'll listen to what you like. But until then, we're going to listen to him. Now, it goes on to say this in Psalm 122. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Are you excited when you get to come and you get to worship? So let me kind of end by talking to two camps, all right? And there's actually a third camp that I'm not going to address, and that's my camp. This is the people that we want to sing. We just can't sing, all right? You, some of you thought I was going to come up here and sing at the beginning. Never going to happen, all right? And, and so uh, the first camp is the people that love to sing. And so worship is your favorite thing. And so when we do worship Sundays and we emphasize worship, like, you love it. Like, you would be like, let's just sing the whole time and, and forget about what you have to say. And so that's fine. I, I get it. People love worship. And some people, the reason they come here is because of the worship. And I get it, and it doesn't offend me at all. But here's what I'd like to say for some of you um, that worship is your favorite part as Natalie said as Tony said as Penny said we need your voice don't be ashamed sing be like David don't worry what anybody else around you thinks we need your passion we need your desire we need your voice and so sing and here's one of the things you may not realize is there's people in this room every single week that they want to sing but because of what's going on in their life or because of things going on, it's hard for them to sing right now. And so in some ways, you're their voice. And you're able to sing even though they can't or won't in that moment. But they hear you and they hear people singing the praises of God. And so we need your voice. And I want to apologize for this church or any other church where you felt like you wanted to go for it and you just felt like you couldn't. Because you were worried what somebody else next to you might think. Or you were worried what somebody around you might do. And, and, and so listen, you just need to go for it. And I'm really sorry that you feel that way. That you can't worship the way that you want to worship. 
Now, for some of us and the rest of the, a lot of us in this room, you don't like to sing. Or like I said, it's kind of a weird thing that we just come together and we say, let's sing, and we sing these songs, and some of them you know, and some of them you don't know. And so it's kind of this weird thing. And so here's what I want to do. I want to challenge you with a couple ideas when it comes to worship. Okay, the first thing is this. Um, if you're not comfortable, that's fine. But just look at the lyrics. And look at these words and look at these, these ideas and these, these pictures that these words paint about how good God is and how great he is. And just focus on the words. And just listen and kind of observe the things going on around you. And, and don't just look at the words, like think about them. And, and allow them to penetrate your heart and your mind. And just allow yourself to be fully engulfed in this thing, even if you never choose to open your mouth and sing, and just allow the presence of God and his people to be around you. And then, maybe one day, when you're ready, you can open your mouth and sing, and we'll be waiting for you. See, there's this cool thing about worship that, that, that happens, and, and, and if you study in the world, there's this word called resonance. And resonance is this idea, it comes out of the science community, but it's also used in psychology and all this stuff. It's this idea of resonance is when a thing, like individual things come together and, and kind of use their energy to work together. And that something more powerful happens when you have these individual sources coming together to kind of work together. And, and so when it comes to, to music, there's this idea called resonant interval. And a resonant interval is the idea that when voices and our vocal cords kind of come together and we're able to sing together, that there's this powerful energy that gets created there. When we take our lives and our voices specifically and we kind of bring them together, there's this energy. And see, this is important because, see, when we walked in this room, all of us are going 100 miles an hour and we're going different places with different opinions and different ideas and different things that we think about different things. And, and we live mass lives of individual, individualism. And what that means is in a room like this with a couple hundred people, um, our lives are actually out of sync with each other. And then we come together and we sing and see, if we're singing in the right rhythm, what that means is there's natural breaks in music in which we're singing, and then we're also breathing together. And so we're starting and we're stopping at the same time. And so not in resonance is this idea that not only are our voices in unison, but our breathing is in unison. And all of a sudden, now you have a room filled with people that are out of sync everywhere else, but now we're in sync. And there's solidarity right there. And we come together for a few minutes every week. And we affirm hope and life and resurrection and that forgiveness is real. For a few moments every week, we, we have this moment for maybe somebody in this room where you realize for the first time you're not alone. You never have been and you never will be. And it's like this moment where we all come together. And I know that for some of us, there's a lot of stuff going on. And it's really hard. And there's a lot of curveballs and chaos in the world when we leave. But for a few moments, we stop and we breathe. We sing. And there's a unison. And so we sing you want to sing loud, sing loud. If you want to dance, just be mindful of the chairs, but dance all you want. If you want to sit back and carefully reflect on the lyrics, that's fine. But we need your voice. And in these few moments we have every week,
We hope that this sweet sound that comes from here is music to our Father's ears. For His is the kingdom and the glory forever and ever. And that is worth singing about. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you. And God, so as we go into this last session of worship, God, I just pray that people are unashamed of their voices, of whatever's going on, and that they just allow their souls and their spirits and their minds not only connect with the people in this room, but more importantly, they connect with you. And God, we pray every week in that little office back there that maybe for the first time, that people will connect with you through the things we say, but maybe even more importantly, through the songs that we sing. And so God, I just pray that right now there's this moment of connection where we all come together and we sing. And God, it may not be the song that they want or they want or whatever it is, and none of that matters right now. All that matters is your people coming together and we feel, hopefully, the presence of God coming back in just like David did all those years ago. So we love you and we thank you. We thank you for the grace and the mercy you give each of us. In your son's name we pray, amen.